We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. You want to follow me on Twitter? And it's Monday, Monday, November 7th. And you know what we do on Mondays? We bring in uh, James McCool. Mondays with McCool. He's the co-author with me on the, the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. Remember, the, the Advanced Players course uh, just came out uh, this season. How to apply profitable DFS strategies for advanced players. It's 10 chapters of audio, as well as all the great uh, Microsoft Excel tools that James has made that that I I, I use to, to build my lineups. I use to analyze my every pretty much anything that I do. I just like, okay, let me plug it in there. Let me double check this. Let me, I have to choose between 20 lineups and I like, I, well, which one is the best out of these 10? I, I, I have Excel open literally. Like it's just constantly open. So like, I'm well, cause if you're playing DFS, it's probably constantly open as it is because you're downloading CSVs and you're moving and uploading and you're doing stuff anyway. But uh, go pick that up. Theoryofdfs.com. Give me some dummy thumbs in the chat, right? I'm feeling a little bit better, right? You see, I'm not, I'm not coughing, but I mean, I, at any moment I could have like a 30 second coughing fit, but I'm still, still getting over this cold. Uh, but good morning to Watazuki Singh. It's usually early birds. Defect, Grant Brown. Pierre Dota, good morning. Defic took second in the pay dirt contest for the second time yesterday. Just can't crack the top spot. So, uh, James, you you have a you have some private contest going? I do. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a little twenty man for the uh, for the pay dirt community, and we run it every week. Sometimes there's a meme QB that we use, like that week where I was super off of uh, Geno Smith and like faded and him he, 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 Right, that was, would, that was that was the highlight highlight week for you. Yeah, that was a highlight week. That that week defined my season, which is just tragic. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it would have been it would have been funny if you did that again and you're like, oh my god, everyone's playing Justin Fields. Like, the edge is still there, and then he puts up forty five points. Yeah, that that would have. I, I I have had actually two showdown slates in a row now where I didn't think that somebody would have a role, and they ended up scoring the first touchdown of the game. So yesterday with Michael Hardman. I thought that Kadarius Tony would likely be taking his spot. Hardman has never been able to like really carve out a really great role in that offense. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just I'm gonna give his market share over to Kadarius Tony. Like 
Tony's a better wide receiver. He gets traded over. He's cleared up of the hamstring injury that he's had. And yeah, I think he's going to go over. And then instantly, Michael Hardman, first touchdown, ends up 19 fantasy points. And then the sleep before that, the rookie tight end for Houston, who they, they promoted like five tight ends to their roster. The rookie tight end for Houston. I give him like 4% of the market share of targets or something like that. Projects for less than a full fantasy point, like 0.7 fantasy points. I'm like, I'm not even going to project him because like there, there's no reason to project him. Right, that, was the, that was the Quentin Tarantino guy, whatever. Yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, was. yeah. First touchdown of the game. And I'm like. He didn't even matter that showdown slate. It didn't even no, matter. But, no, but I mean, it's it's two slates in a row now where like I'm I'm trying to make assumptions of these roles and I'm just getting slapped in the face. First touchdown of the game. So I, I'm on a little bit of a cold streak with stuff like that. But uh, NFL went well this week, at least. That's nice. I did have a Justin Fields lineup. Okay. Well, I mean, I well, well for me, that this is the first time that uh, I made I made money in GPPs. Ooh. And but and st- and lost on props. You lost at props. I didn't have that many. I, I think I only had eleven. Well, the pro the problem is is that the Falcons don't pass the ball enough, right? <laughs> well, that's not when, that's not a problem. When you have when you have three props that are all tied to the Falcons passing game, maybe don't take passing props or take players. Look how low they are, James. Like Atlanta. Drake London had like a 37 and a half yard pass. Did he prop. get there? No, of course not. No? He never gets there. <laughs> it's 37. Kyle Pitts had a 40 yard passing prop. He could have. Now he could have. Did you see that pass? They could have. I could have won two of them on that one play. Mm-hmm. Right. But of course, Mariota can't throwing up quails or whatever. Yeah. But that that's the only reason for the prop. Everything else. Uh, I mean, and uh, and Robert Tanyan didn't didn't get thirty three yards or whatever. Yeah. Well, of course he didn't because of course he didn't. I I I think that that is one of the things that I have been good about this year is mostly avoiding teams that just like refuse to throw the ball. Like I, I'm not playing Atlanta stacks this year. I think I played one Atlanta stack on accident. It was my placeholder, and I only had it in the Millie Maker, and that was earlier this year. And it's and it was naked Mariota, like it, it wasn't even actually a stack. Ah. So like I, I'm not. I think that people are making a lot of mistakes in saying, "Oh yeah, Kyle Pitts is great. Like I need to play him because he has this high upside." No, he doesn't. He doesn't have a high upside. Like it's, it's not like he has Cole Komet upside. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have Cole Komet upside. He doesn't have Tyler Conklin upside. Like the dude doesn't have upside of these of even mediocre wide of mediocre tight ends. Like uh, so, stop, so trying, did... stop trying to sell me on players that you think are good because their their metrics are strong when they're on a terrible offense that, that doesn't throw. Like stop it. Uh, so did you, you played the power sweep? I had one in the power sweep. I had and uh, and and in all the fifty k contests because I forgot to reg in the morning I was busy mm-hmm. and uh so i only had like the 50k contest for the power sweep open so i had the fifth i had the power the sweep small the smaller power the smaller power sweep i had one in the hundred dollars single entry 50k and then one in the 50 dollar okay. 50k right so i i had three entries still but like what, I what was your what was the highest score of any of, of your lineups that you played I had a 178 oh okay so you're not even close to me okay no, 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 no. If and that, but that lineup had Josh Jacobs. I was, I was a one v one Josh Jacobs instead of Joe Mixon away from basically like twenty five k day. Right, my my best lineup is 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 this lineup. Yeah, well, congrats on Joe Mixon, Devontae Adams. <laughs> right, well, I came in sixteenth in the in the in the power sweep for. I mean, it you still have to get up there. 
Yeah, um, yeah, you do. Right. I mean, the, the the main thing here was it was it was a Trevor Lawrence stack. So Lawrence, Kirk, Engram with an Adams run back, and then jamming three, three. The the I was trying not. I wanted. I didn't want to play Stevenson, uh, Etienne, and Eckler together because okay. that was the pop. That was the, that was a popular sure. three man, and and so I made sure that. I didn't have, I played more Mixon and Walker. Now, obviously, you see why I did well in GPPs because right. they were lower owned, right? 12%, 15% here. And then in this type of lineup, I don't mind playing Josh Palmer. Like I was low on Josh Palmer because it's 5,100 and it's going to be, look, he was 36% owned in the power suite. But in this type of lineup, I don't mind playing Ramondre at 53% ownership and Josh Palmer at 36% ownership. I have a Dolphins defense at 1%. Mm-hmm. Right, looking at this line, like the balance of this lineup is fine. I mean, other than the fact that, you know, if I if I just would have replaced, I made this lineup and just changed Lawrence for Fields, I would have. Uh, I think I would have won. I would have came close. What? Yeah, uh, you'd have been really close. What? Another twenty twenty five. What did he score? He scored, Four, I mean, forty five. So forty five. Oh, okay. So so I would have. So a whole another twenty eight points more, yeah. So twenty eight points more, yeah. I would have won, yeah. Yes, I would have won one hundred thousand dollars if I just would have made this and just said, "Well, Fields outscores Lawrence," and there you go. Yeah, I don't. I mean, but I mean, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I wasn't gonna play that way. Yeah, I wasn't. I, I was gonna say, I don't think that like that really makes that much sense. You, you probably, yeah. if if you would have done that, you probably go Fields, and then instead of Palmer, you go uh, Mooney. No, no, no. If it. No, you know what I would have done? Which would makes it even worse. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, that's exactly yeah. what I would because the tight end sucks. So why not? If you're gonna play if you're gonna pair fields with anyone, pair him with the, the 3K tight end yeah. because what are you gonna play just some standalone nothing 3K tight end? Like you just I was correlating my tight ends to every quarterback anyway. Yeah, so I get it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah so if I would have just played if I just would have played, see the, the funny part is, you know what the funny part is? Uh, based on these salaries and based on what I was looking to do, like we take, a, like, remember, I didn't want to play Eckler, Stevenson, and uh, Etienne together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if I played, I mean, this, this is the type of stuff that like, like, this is like stupid DFS players. I was a 4v4 away from a million dollars. But if I had Fields commit instead, yeah. right, I still would have played, uh, I wouldn't have played Kirk in this spot because I, I would have played Etienne instead of Stevenson, right? And then I upgrade the Dolphins' defense to to the Patriots' defense, right? And then I I would have like if you make if you make that change, it it, it it's the million, it's literally the, it's it it wins the million dollar. Yeah, I, I mean, and 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 I look and I look at that that combination, and remember, I only bu- I built sixteen lineups. Yeah. So it's like I, I, this wasn't like multi-entry, whatever. I was building this one by one, going through and going. Let me look at these Lawrence lineups. Let me pick, you know, let me pick two Lawrence lineups. Let me pick one the car lineup, you know, that type of stuff. But based on what I wanted, as far as who not to play together, yeah, that type of lineup. If if I chose to play a Fields lineup, and did Fields commit, but I'd see the thing is I would have done Fields commit Tyreek Hill, right. 
Exactly. Right. Like I wouldn't have yeah. Adams here. I would have have, have Hill. Like it, it changes everything. I mean, but, but then does, if I, does that matter for the power sweep though? I think you still take down the power sweep even with. No. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. For the power sweep, I'm talking about more for the the Millie because I still yeah, throw all these lineups in there. The thing is that I don't play Etienne and Kirk together. So like right. obviously Kirk has to be a different person. Like then all, all of a sudden next thing you know there's six different people in your lineup and whatever. And it's not even the same thing. Yeah. Uh, James Aguar, how do you get over those one v one decisions to cause drastic swings? Like Blender and I know that we're just going to be playing. For a long time and eventually right. that 1v1 is just going to swing in our favor it's just variance it just is what it is right if, like, you, if you're playing if you're playing long term i mean it's just one slate out of a thousand two thousand slates and i mean it's the same thing as asking like a baseball player how they get over like striking out at a at a play appearance or like having a having it just foul instead of a home run or something like that like you're gonna be playing for a while you just right it is. just that, that is what it is yeah, I mean, I, I like, I did consider, because I had I had two Josh Jacobs lineups, and I, I did originally have all three of my lineups with Jacobs, Stevenson, and Etienne. I thought Stevenson and Etienne were just terrific plays. I didn't mind having both of them. Um, and I had Josh Jacobs projected really, really well. I wanted to get off of Josh Jacobs in one of my lineups. And if I get off of him in this one with, because I, I did Fields, Mooney, and Tyreek Hill, because that, I mean, that combination made sense. If I get off of him in that lineup and go down to Mixon, like I probably, I think I come in like fifth in a hundred dollar single entry, which would have been great. Um, if I do that in a power sweep, I end up winning the power sweep. So like, it is what it is. It's a bummer, but like knowing that I would have made the decision and that I could have made the decision means that I'm on the right track in terms of like finishing really well in GPPs and if you're playing a long time and playing for the long game, then those 1% finishes and the potential to win GPPs is not as good as winning a GPP. Obviously I'd rather have the hundred K, but like knowing that I had the opportunity to do it and that my process would have led me, led me to doing it. Um, that's, that's good enough. Yeah. I played a lot of Bengals yesterday. Just everything went through, went to mix <sighs> I was so right. I was so I, 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 I'm showing I'm showing this right on my screen. I mean, these, these are the 16 lineups that I played. I mean, I'm just completely transparent of, you know, building these lineups. Uh, so, like, if you took a look at my exposures of like, oh, who are you, who are your top running backs? It's like, well, Stevenson, Walker, Etienne, and Mixon. Like, yeah, but I also had five Aaron Jones lineups, Eckler, Jacobs, Foreman, and then uh, like wide receiver wise, like I had four T Higgins lineups. Devontae Adams in four line. Like, I, if you take a look at what I was targeting, like, outside of the Bears-Dolphins game, which I had, like, none of, mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah. I'm, ha- I'm happy with what I'm happy. Look, yeah. dude, I, I thought the Bengals were under-owned. They're facing the Panthers, and people are like, oh, the Bengals are bad now. Like, who says? Who says that Joe Burrow can't throw for 400 yards? Like, why not? Yeah. I mean, Just he that he threw it all to mix it. And the same thing for Mixon, though. Like, they're, oh, Mixon's not good. And then you have Cardi. You, you talk to Cardi, right? If you listen to the Blitz show, right, here on, here on Roto-Grinders, if you're a premium member, like, you learn stuff about statistics, like NFL statistics, that running back efficiency is not a predictive type of thing. Like, there are outlier people, right? There are the, the, the Nick the Chubbs. Jamal Charles, there are the Henrys. Types of things, but in general, it's primarily tied to opportunity. So the fact that Mixon was still had getting the large, the the highest percentage of his team's rushing share, and 
all of the, essentially all of the red zone work, the fact that he had zero touchdowns doesn't mean that, oh, he's bad. It just means the same thing that what James, what you said with the, with James in the one V one of like, he was just getting unlucky with one V ones, a couple of slates in a row. Yeah. And then of course he gets his entire touchdown regression in one game. <laughs> and I, I want to point something out here really quick that like, even, even though obviously this is like a 101st percentile outcome, right? Like this, this kind of thing doesn't happen. It's the seventh highest fantasy score in in NFL history. In, it's like, like a once in a decade thing, right? Like this, this is the literal top outcome that he could have possibly had. Um, I want to point out that when you're dealing with, and we'll talk a little bit more about statistics here, when you're dealing with non-binomial distributions and completely random variations with things like touchdowns, uh, this can happen. It's it's like a it's like a Scooter Gannett's four home run game. Scooter Gannett had three home runs that entire year before having a four home run game. All right. And Scooter Gannett's not even a home run hitter. Like he's not even good. So him having that four home run game, although it is extremely unlikely, it is something that when you are dealing with these kind of distributions and these kind of event oriented distributions, like this kind of thing happens and you just see it happen. And as soon as he scored the third touchdown, I'm like, uh, this is just going to be one of those things. He's definitely scoring one more. If if a player scores three touchdowns in a game, I just assume they're going to score four. It was like Camaro when he scored those six touchdowns last year. He scores four touchdowns, and you're like, he he's scoring seventy fantasy points. Like that, he's not going to stop. They're just going to keep giving it to him. These kind of things. It's people look at it and they think, oh, that's impossible. And it's like, no, it's just it's it's an absolutely astronomically crazy thing that happens once in a decade, but these kind of things do happen when you're dealing with random variations. Yeah. But you also wouldn't be surprised if, if I, if it's like, here's a team at home as a touchdown over touchdown favorite against a bad, a bad tee. I mean, like, yeah, like, like, so like a lot of people overthink mm -hmm. as far as like NFL DFS. I mean, they overthink in general in DFS, yeah. like, Yes, all of this is factored into the projection. So, like, if you use a projection model, it's gonna. This is all gonna be factored in. But if you just, if you let's say, I don't want to even look at a projection model and go, what is the most <coughs> correlative to high fantasy points? A team's implied total, like just in general. Like, if you're like, okay, I'm just gonna look at the implied totals and go, who are the highest ones? Those are probably the teams that you want to play, right? In Back general. Down. Regardless, now obviously dealing with price and dealing with correlation, dealing with everything like that. When it comes to running backs, right? Running backs, higher team total, larger spread. Like they're and at home, and at home, and at home. Right. Those would be the three types of things. So if you take a look and you just you didn't even look at projections or anything, you got oh why don't I play? Uh, well, Ramondre Stevenson, four and a half point home favorite. Okay. You go, okay, let's take a look. Uh, Mixon, seven-point home favorite. Mm -hmm. Then you go uh, Tampa Bay, Fournette, three-point home favorite. Cardinals, I mean, of course, they split. I mean, Connor, Benjamin, something like that. But, I mean, just look across the board and you go, well, who's a big who's a big favorite? And let me just play a running back from that, that team. And this is obvious. The Chargers were a three-point you know, road favorite. But obviously, we're, t we're talking about running backs that score primarily 
through touchdowns. Yeah. Right. So the the thing, the thing that that I, I've said multiple times before, uh, and people and people have asked, especially like the, the game theory channel, the Discord. Feel free to join join premium and sign up for our Discord. I have a special channel that I'm not like I'm not looking to stack or play teams that aren't going to score touchdowns. Right. I want them to score a lot of touchdowns. I don't care about the yards. I don't care about the 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 targets. Like in general, when 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 people because I'll still get this every single week, James. Uh why don't we play? Uh, why don't we play the 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 seven point dog? Because they're going to be throwing a lot. It's like, like okay, they're going to be they're, throwing a lot. How many touchdowns throw. are they going to score? Their team total is fourteen. Right. How many? Touch, <laughs> tell me how many touchdowns you. It's like, well, what happens if he throws for three hundred yards? I go, well, you're not going to win a GPP because I'm going to have a quarterback that threw for three hundred and four touchdowns instead right. of one touchdown. Like, I, like I care about the touch. I care about the touchdowns. It's harder to predict the touchdowns, but it's most likely to come by teams that are better than one another. So, like, like thinking in terms of, well, uh, the, the, this, this team is, I mean, I don't know, like paying, playing P.J. Walker, right? Oh, they're going to be down. I'm going to play P.J. Walker and Terrence Marshall and and, and D.J. Moore because they're going to be passing a lot. Well, yeah, Mayfield actually came in. So, yeah, I mean, he got benched in the middle of the game. But, like, don't think in those terms. Mm-hmm. Think in the terms of when you stack a team, you're assuming that the quarterback's going to throw for at least three touchdowns, at least three, I mean, at least three touchdowns. You're looking for 303, unless you're obviously there's rushing quarterbacks that could get there. Yeah. Like Justin Fields doesn't have to throw for that much, or even Allen doesn't have to throw for that much. Uh, and the same thing happens for running backs. So it's like, oh, well, I'm going to, pl- I'm going to play. I'm going to play the pass catching running back on the team. That's an 11 point underdog. Because they're going to be behind, and this guy is going to get eight targets. I'm like, okay, you're right. Okay, he's, let's say he gets eight targets. He goes eight. He gets six. He catches six of them for 30 yards. He has another 30 yards rushing. It's like, okay, so that's three points rushing. That's like nine points receiving. No touchdowns because they only scored. Said they had two field goals the entire game. It's like, so what? What did you? What did you win? Tell tell me what you won. Like is that guy going to score touchdowns? And you go, no, no, he's just going to catch balls out of the backfield. So what do I care? Right. We're looking for ceilings in GPPs. Yeah. You want to play that $4,800 guy in, in cash games or something? Maybe you're fine. Sure. If you want, <coughs> it's like, no, I, you know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play Derrick Henry when the Titans are, are a touchdown favorite over someone. Right. And he go like, cause that, that's the prime game. Maybe he scores four touchdowns. I mean, like, those are the games. You don't play Derrick Henry as an underdog. And it's not and it's not because he doesn't catch passes, it's because his touchdown expectation is lower. And you win GPPs off of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So like if you're like, oh, I could play uh I could play the guy at at 5800 at wide receiver. That's going to get nine targets of 6 yards a piece, right? And then go like 8 8 for 50. Like well, congratulations on the thirteen points. What did you win? But like but congratulations Jordan, on your min cash. Like what, what? What does that matter? Did he score touchdowns? What about the play where he takes a slant and he breaks six tackles and he runs for a sixty-five yard touchdown? Are you talking about Rondell Moore? <laughs> I'm talking about 
Rondell Moore or Kadarius Tony or uh, OBJ back in the day, even though he was really, really good. But that was his thing was that that quick slant and then run really, really fast and score a touchdown. But I don't mind James. It, it's not I don't care about that archetype of player. It's that archetype of player on a big underdog. Like you tell me. Sure. You tell me that 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 team is favored by two touchdowns and have a 32 implied total. I'll take a shot on the $4,700 guy that could take a slant to the house because yeah, dude, but my point is that that's, score five touchdowns. My point is that that's what people say in rebuttal to that, though. They're like, "Oh, well, if he's, it's all about the opportunity, right? It's all about getting all those targets, and you know, he he might be able to take one of those to the house and and end up with a sixty-five yard touchdown, you know." Uh, and and by the way, what you're saying right now, last week, DJ Moore, he was that situation. He was literally, oh, he's going to get ten targets. And he's probably going to have seven catches, but he's on the Panthers who have an implied total for 17. Yeah, but, so, but you, your model didn't predict the one long pass at the end. I was so mad about it, Jordan. I was so mad about it. That fade was going great. Uh, but th- those are the other things. And and people, I, I, I do think that there is a way to be super, we, we talk about it all the time, we talk about being precise and being blunt. I think there are blunt ways to look at implied totals and look at team macro stats things like rushing rates in the red zone and stuff like that, and just say, okay, Atlanta has a 77% rush rate in the red zone. I maybe like running backs from that team because they're going to get a lot of work in the red zone. Or uh, things, that's factored like in the that. projections anyway. Right, right. But I'm saying there's a blunt way of saying that you want to play running back, and then there are precise ways with projections, where projections right. take all that kind of stuff into account. Uh, I, I have... It, it it doesn't bear out as well in NFL where we we have a pretty short season. We have a, we have plenty of showdowns now where we can get more action. Like it increases the amount of times we can take shots and it increases the amount of times that we can rely on a sample, right? But uh, it doesn't usually bear out completely in NFL, but usually it is a bad idea to play players on teams with low implied totals. Typically, if you just wanted to make one hard and fast rule, and say that you're never going to play a wide receiver on a team with a team total under 18, you'd probably do pretty well through the season. Just just like as a basic, I just am not going to do that. I'm only going to play wide receivers on teams that have a team total above 25, and I won't play them on teams that have a team total under 20. You'd probably do pretty well on that because the pricing can't catch all of the inefficiencies of wide receivers, right? So like that this is kind of when we go back to talking about the mechanical models with projections versus the intuitive models with your head like there are some very basic things that you can just say i'm just not going to do that and it'll help you in your process right it's 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 what would be called a heuristic yeah yep right as a heuristic like uh james aguire in chat says i know i'm somewhat double counting when i look at implied team total versus quarterback ownership percentage but is it necessarily bad to do so since quarterback fantasy points correlate to the implied team total yes and no remember that's one variable like okay buffalo right buffalo is the highest team total what if i tell you josh allen was seventy two thousand dollars <laughs> and steph diggs was 84 million dollars like you couldn't like the salad it wouldn't matter the buffalo's team total could be 50 and it's like in order to stack buffalo you need to use you need to use all three thousand dollar once you put in allen and diggs the rest of your lineup is the minimum price players. Like you could only play a 4K running back, a 4K running back, a 3K, like then it wouldn't matter because then your lineup as a whole. So it's all related to price. 
So like I now obviously the projections already take care of all of this. So like taking a look at uh a team, for instance, like New England. Like I didn't play the New England stack or Chicago. It's just that the cheapness, it's very similar to baseball. Right? In baseball, for instance, if you had two teams, James, one we're using just very blunt. Because obviously we can just use projections and not have to worry about any of this. So let's say we have two teams. One team has a 5.6 implied total in baseball, right? And the other team, another team has a five implied total in baseball. The average price of the 5.6 implied total team stack is 40 is a 25 man stack would is 24,000. The average five-man stack of the five total team is 19,000. Which which, which would be a bet, quote, unquote, like, oh, it's a lower implied team total, but point per dollar-wise, that that team allows you to now pay up for two stud pitchers Mm -hmm. or have a three-man stack of some other team that's really good. So the same thing in, in football of... Like, dude, like, I could play. Atlanta has a 23 and a half total. Okay? I know they run the ball a lot. Right? But why not take a shot? I'll take one lineup. I'll play Mariota, London, Pitts with an Eckler or a Palmer bring back. Because Mariota is 5,200. Mm-hmm. London was 4,900. Pitts was 4,500. Like, and then once you put, like, even if you play Palmer, it's even cheaper. But, I mean, now you have the money to pay for Eckler. So right. it's like, okay, I can play $8,800 Eckler, and the total cost of that for the team total is perfectly fine, right? Buffalo, Allen plus, imagine playing Allen plus Diggs plus Davis. Like you Davis is do it. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's extremely expensive. And they have a 28 implied total. Wouldn't I rather, like the Chargers stack of Herbert, Palmer, Everett. Mm-hmm. Is, is that's a 26 total. It's only two points lower implied team total. And you get more fantasy points for the dollar. Now I could play a now I could play a one-off Tyreek Hill. Now I could play a one-off Devontae Adams. I could you you have the access to make better lineups. So it's not just the implied team total versus ownership. It's also what the price of the players are. Yeah, and, and going back to that with the idea of Atlanta here, like earlier when I was like, you can't play players from Atlanta, stop trying to sell me on pit. It's like I'm gonna burn one, dead James. I'm just bur- dude, I'm so invested. I know you dude, are I, whatever the props are, what they're gonna be even lower next week. You're gonna hit them. I know you gotta and make I'm, the money. Back. I'm gonna keep on going until yeah. until I either hit them or I go broke. Yeah, I know the way no, it's gonna be. You're already eventually keeping- eventually Drake London's prop is gonna be 17 and a half yards. And I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Dude. I don't care if it takes that dude I, in the discord. I, I saw some of this. I agree with some of the stuff. He got seven targets. It was 30% target share, James. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. 30, he got set, but he got seven targets. So yeah. I mean, they did throw seven, the ball a little bit. The problem targets. was these targets. I don't even know how you even call some of these targets. He's just the ne- He's the nearest person to whatever ball that Marietta kind of threw. Like he got like three three targets in the red zone, in the end zone, but I saw two of them. There, it's basically Mariota throwing it out of the back of the end zone, 
and Drew, uh, and Drake London just happens to be the closest person to the throw. So they credit him with the target. So I don't, I don't even know how much this target share is even worth. What Are you looking I'm, it up? I, I'm, I'm going to see what my projection was for Mariota. My, my projection for Mariota, I did have him as an overbet for passing yards, was 209. Right. See, that's what I'm saying. How do you not do this? <laughs> what what did you have? What did you have London and Pitts as receiving median projections? Uh, hold on. I'll tell you. Probably. You had overs. Mariota at 210 or so. Then these had to be overs also. Yeah, probably overs. Oh, oh we just no. Got news. I, uh, okay. So, so because Pitts was 38.5, I, I had him at, at uh, 55, which is fine. Yeah, I, I had I had him and and Drake overs for sure. Right? See, I'm not yep. stupid. Yep, I had them. As uh, the Colts just fired Frank Reich. The Colts did. Yep. Ow. I, why? Uh, that's what happens when you don't play Matt Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what a joke of a franchise. That's pathetic, man. I mean, come on, you you can't fire the dude. With the circumstances that have happened on that team, that's. Did, that's did you see that the Hardits tweet or whatever, where he pre- or whoever, maybe Rich Rebar, he predicted all the starting quarterbacks of the the Colts for the next five years. Oh yeah, yeah. When it's just like, okay, next it's going to be Matthew Stafford, and then it's gonna then it's gonna be Kirk Cousins, then it's gonna be what whatever washed up, whoever yeah. gets old enough to to be like a forty year old statue quarterback that is inefficient, like that's gonna be the Colts quarterback. Every, I mean, granted, day. yeah, like they they never should have gotten Matt Ryan. That was dumb in the first place. I get it. Like, uh, but uh, what what did you expect Reich to be able to do with this offense in in this condition? I I I think Frank Reich has done okay in terms of the way that he has handled utilizing Jonathan Taylor and like the the good talent that he has on that offense. But there's like Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor, and then. But and they, but Taylor's injured, right? So like, what are you gonna do? They had that one game where Michael Pittman didn't play, and their top wide receiver was Paris Campbell. Like, what what do you want? What do you want him to do? What do you want him to do? It that's so silly. What? Well, so. But what, who who has who has a worse offense though, the Colts or the Titans? I, uh, I mean, did you see that game offense, yesterday? Right? They're the same offense, right? No, no, the the Colts can. Sam Ellinger can actually throw the ball. Malik Willis looks, I mean, seriously, looks lost. Okay, that's fair. I well, I, I mean, mean, I, I mean, I, look, I dude, thinking... dude, dude. Yesterday, they essentially they no what no wide receiver caught caught a no, ball. No, I know, I saw that. That's None, zero, zero. They and basically their game plan was just give it to Derrick Henry every play. And obviously, that may work in the beginning, where they're like, well, maybe they're going to mix it up. And then eventually the defense is like, oh, no, they're really not going to make – they're really just going <laughs> to give him the ball every play. So by the second half, they got – like, dude, they, they had 10 – their last 10 drives resulted, I, th- I think, in 10 yards of offense. Yeah, I believe Total. I, I mean, look, I, I think that – I do think that uh, probably Sam Ellinger is better right now than Malik Willis. I, I don't I don't really have like a full opinion on three weeks of play and two weeks of play like I, I don't know, but uh, 
I think that in terms of the offense, it's like it's the same offense. It, it's just like, here's our star running back that we're going to try to force feed the ball, who's very, very good and very, very efficient. And uh, we have a quarterback who just basically needs to not be tragically bad and maybe we'll win some games. Like the, the difference is between those two teams, probably the defense where the Titans defense considerably worse than the Colts defense. But like, I don't know. They're both the same offense to me. I think they're both the same offense. I don't think they're the same offense. I, th- I think that they are the same offense with uh, Ellinger being a better quarterback than Malik Willis. Is that fair to say? Well, you, well, is is Pittman better than Woods? I don't. Woods has been really, really good for like years. Yeah, but I think the secondary stuff. I think I'd much rather have Paris Campbell and Alec Pierce. And and I think Robert. I'd rather have Alec Pierce than Nick Westbrook Akeen. Well, right, right. The the Titans secondary receivers are just awful. But I I don't know that the Colts secondary wide receivers are good either. I like I just I, I think both teams are bad. I don't think that Frank Reich should have been fired. Uh that's that's kind of silly. But we we see this kind of stuff. Um, we see teams that are just like, oh well, we went out and got you, Matt Ryan. Why is this offense not doing well? And, and how are you, Frank Reich? And how can you not like respond with? waves wildly about and says, look, look what I have to try to deal with right now. I he'll, he'll get another job somewhere and it'll be good. Like he, he's been that there were what, two years ago, he was being lauded as like a coach of the year candidate. You want to tell me that he's like regressed this far in, in two years. Well, I think we have to get rid of a lot of these coaches anyway. I agree with that. I agree with that. Be nice. To I, see, I be nice to see some, uh, some, some uh, head coaches in there, like where most of the NFL coaches are in their thirties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, we we see that the good coaches right now are all like younger guys that don't idolize defenses. Like that, that's just what we see. We or don't idolize like, like this is the way it's always been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. They, they're not the good old boys of the league, and they're they're willing to shake things up. And like Mike Mike McDaniel's has Tyreek Hill ready to break Calvin Johnson's receiving yard record. I, like that kind of thing. How, how do you look at what he's doing? Maybe that's what they're saying. Maybe maybe they were just like. Look at what Mike McDaniels is able to do over there in Miami. Why can you not have an offensive mindset? Maybe Frank Reich was like, our defense is going to win us games. And they were like, no, that's not the way this this uh, this league needs to go anymore. I don't know. I- well, James Aguirre makes a good point. Vrabel, like to me, I view Vrabel as like someone that, like I he's, I think if you put Vrabel in charge of a good team, mm-hmm. I think he suffers. But I think he's really good of like, Here's this, you give him a pot of stew. He's a player's coach. Right. But I'm just saying like, he he's, he seems like the, the type of coach where uh, you give him the, give it, give it, give it, give him the bad news bears and he'll, he'll get them to 500. Like he'll, like he, he's like, yeah. he takes a team like the Titans and you look at, well, how do the Titans have a winning record? Right. And it's like, well, cause Rabel's a good, he, and you could tell by the way that the play calling Mm-hmm. Of like, dude, they almost beat the Chiefs without ha- completing a pass to a wide receiver. Yeah, like they no, accentuated I, I totally the strengths. They tried to hide Will- Willis's weaknesses, and they almost got away with it. Yep. Yeah, I think he plays up. I think he does well. Um, I, I mean, I've always been impressed with Rabel as a coach. That the Titans have been a perennial playoff contender. And you look like at they, their they, roster, and you go, "How is that possible?" They, they have been like what three years straight. They have been like a playoff contender, which is crazy. I, I, I think he's done well, even as a defensive coach. Um, 
and, and that speaks to to Vrabel for sure. But even Vrabel, I, I think that Vrabel would benefit a lot from having like Eric Bienmi or or however you pronounce his name, like the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Like you put him on the Titans, and I think the Titans are like really really good. Maybe maybe they need better Malik Willis, but I think that like with a really good offensive coordinator, I think that the the Titans can be a really really good team. But I digress. I mean, it doesn't doesn't matter. Uh, Trevor Lewis in the chat asks, are Cardi's NFL blitz projections worth the price? If NFL projections have high, such high variance, seems expensive to pay more pay for more than RG. Are Cardi's mean projections much more accurate than RG? Uh, the answer is yes, but it depends on what you consider accurate as a model. The more important question, uh, because people ask me all the time about projections, Mm -hmm. whose projections are the best? That's typically the question I get. I go, here's the first question. Can you make your own projections? Mm -hmm. The answer is typically no. I go, so any model is better than what you currently have. Any model is more accurate than having no model. So, Depending on how much volume you play or anything or or the types of contests that you play or, you know, how much accuracy do you need? Do you need uh, R squared to extra 0.01 overall? Uh, just get anything. Yeah, sign up for RG and use our projections. Now, understand that Cardi has been, I mean, this is this is his core competency. I mean, obviously, Jimino and the staff at Roto-Grinders, you know, we do models for all the sports, mm-hmm. right? Cardi during football season, like this is all he does. And his model has like 200 more variables and spends all that time to do that. So it's going to be a little, it tends to be a little bit, a little bit more accurate, tends to be a little bit more outlier in certain situations. You're also trusting the inputs because mm-hmm. NFL models aren't just like, oh, we're just going to run just like it just runs. It's like, no, well, you manually have to put it. It's like, well, based on the situation, this guy's out and this guy's in. What's going to be the target share of this guy? 22% or 18%? Right. right. How do you now it's going to be close, right? You go, you go to any you go to the RG projections, you go to another site's projections, James, your projections at pay dirt. Like your inputs may be slightly different. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to who do you trust? Who do you trust more? If you're deciding between the two, the more important question is. Is it better than you doing it? And the answer almost always is yes. Right? To yeah. me, unless you're someone that built James, you build your own model. You 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 go, I think I could do this better than others. Mm-hmm. Me, I don't think so. So like I go, let me take a look at, and I subscribe to a lot of them. So it's like I, I also look, it's like, okay, where are the outlier situations? Right. Let me take a look at the RG projections. Let me take a look at the blitz projections. James, let me take a look at your projections, even though you'll have Donovan Peoples-Jones with 74 median points. for Not this year, no more. more. Right? So that should be more of the question. So if you're you're playing playing $100 a slate or something like that, and you're like, okay, do I want to pay for the blitz projections? Maybe you don't. It's it's probably not that big of a deal. Right? If you're playing that, if you're you're like me, I'm playing 10. If you could also consider the props mm-hmm. like dude i'm i mean over a course of a football season i'm probably playing between pro in volume right in total volume uh over what tw- plus all the showdowns and everything i mean i'm probably playing half a million dollars in volume yeah over the course you know something made 300 400 000 in volume 
And a lot of times that's like $10,000, $15,000 a slate right. over and over and over again. It's not a total amount. So for that purpose, it's like paying $300 for the blitz. Seems like just, I write, that's a business expense to me. I, I think that um, from a fellow model building perspective, uh, I, I think that when it comes to paying for a premium product like Cardi's, I think that Cardi is really, really good in making sure that he doesn't make big mistakes. That's Cardi's best attribute when it comes to his projection models. And it it, uh, it carries over to the bat as well. So I, I think that when you are looking for a projection system to utilize, one, you have to understand what the projection system is best at. I think that Cardi's product is best at avoiding really big outlier mistakes. And so if you're playing in kind of a more, um, I, I don't, I don't want to like typecast it into this, but if you're playing kind of more of a, a conservative strategy, I think that Cardi's product is probably the right product for you without a doubt. Um, because it, it's not going to lead you to this water that might be toxic, right? Like it, it's, it's going to lead you to good sources. Um, on, on top of that, like Flynn just said, I, I mean, when you have, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars in total volume over the course of a season. Not only do you want Cardi's system, but you also want all the other systems to look back and forth and compare and contrast. For me, even like with my site, I even have most of the other subscriptions to other sites, right? So that I can look at mine and I have sanity check tabs built into every single model that I have. So I can see, okay, I'm five points over projection on this guy. I'm three points under projection on this guy. Like I'm right on with this guy. It, it is looking at it and comparing and contrasting so you can get an understanding of the slate in a more robust nature. I think that that is when you really get into the premium products. But to, to answer your question specifically, one, we're on a Roto Grinder show and we, we love Cardi and we think that his projection model is very, very good. Um, we both trust it. I think Cardi's a terrific model maker and I, I certainly think that it's worth the price if you are playing with enough volume to uh to justify the price of the projection model because that's the other question right like if you're only playing a hundred dollars per month right like maybe you shouldn't be having five hundred dollars in subscriptions to other sites like it's it's probably not worth the opportunity cost i don't think um but if you are playing with like $5,000 per month, you know, 500 bucks a month towards your projection models of choice, towards having different subscriptions, services, stuff like that, it's very likely worth it. Uh, and the NBA projections, the same thing. Like NBA projection models are not different. Like building an NBA projection model is very easy. So that's probably the easiest that there is. The only difference is uh, inputting the minutes and the usage. Yeah. So to me, to me, when you when you're doing NBA, when you're deciding upon NBA projections, it's more about the pe person or the team behind the that inputs the minutes and the usage. The actual model models are not that different from each other. There's a it's a very iterative sport. Minutes typically equal equal production. So it's just a matter of well, do you think? Like, what's the median amount of minutes X guy is going to play? Is it going to be 30 or is it going to be 28? Right. Right. And then you have to give those extra two minutes to someone else. So, like, our projections team for NBA is Andy and Noto and Tuttle and Jamino and SBK and Alan Lem and Bob Reeves. We have, we have like six, seven people mm -hmm. 
that their job, their their job during NBA season is to monitor everything and put together and amongst themselves debate on, well, if this guy's out, is this usage going to go up? And then look at the past, look at the comparables and past games and then put in all that input so they could go, okay, here's the minutes and usage of all the players. And that takes a while. If you do your own projections for NBA, we have a 15 game slate tonight, dude, that, and imagine doing that. And then you have to, Oh, 30 minutes before lock, this guy's out. So his 28 minutes comes out and now you have to devote the 28 minutes and usage to other people. So like to me, NBA projections are more about the team behind the projections than the model itself. I believe, and it's not, and I'm, I'm always transparent, regardless of if I'm on a Roto Grinders show or not. I believe our NBA projections are the best in the industry. As far as if you took the minutes in usage like that and compared that across the board, it would be the it would be the most consistent and the most accurate. I Derek Hardy, on the other hand, I I trust his non non football biased inputs for for NFL and same for MLB. I and that's only a personal preference of mine. Is that I know I I know Derek's work, and I know that he has no problem on a baseball slate looking at looking at the numbers, putting in everything in, and if Drew Smiley is the top projected pitcher, even though he's four percent owned, he's not going to argue with. It. He's going to say no. That's that's what it should be. Like pe- people are going to go, I know better, and Drew Smiley sucks. Right. It's like no, but that's what that's what it sh- that this is what it should be, right? right? I'm not going to be but like. And he would be the first one to say, it's like, yeah, yeah, this doesn't make me feel good, right? This is a high variant situation, but this is this this is what the data said. If we apply this data to everyone, this is what it says. So you can't right. just apply it to Verlander and not apply it to Smiley. Same thing in the NFL, where it's like, nope, Mixon's projection. Like, the Blitz was the highest on Mixon out of anyone this past week. Uh, I'm not saying that, like, from a results standpoint of like, oh, he was correct or anything like that. But Cardi's main point was don't listen to anyone that's like, well, this guy only averaged two yards a carry. He sucks. And he's horrible in the end in the red zone. It's like that type of stuff is just noise. Like that's, that's has almost so little predictive power. He's done the work. So to say, it's like, okay, I can't play mixing because of X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, well, the model says that it's not predictive enough that he Based on this situation, he, his median projection should be 20 points. And that that's what I like about Cardi. So when you talk about projections, it's it's almost the, do you trust the person behind them? Right. Do you trust their modeling? Do you trust their inputs? That type of thing. And do you trust them more? Than, to me, James, it still comes down to the number one question should be, do you trust them more than yourself? Because if you can't, like, then it doesn't matter. I have no problem telling you. If you don't like us. Oh, I I, I, I don't know why you're watching the show if you don't like Roto-Grinders. If you, I, I'd say sign up for Roto-Grinders. Use our NBA projections. There are other sites out there that have good NBA projections. Trust me, they do. They have great NBA projections. They may be off two minutes here. Right? They may be a little... We we have this guy for 27 minutes. They have him for 31 minutes because they think that the rotation is going to go this way. If you trust their their inputs more than ours, then sign up there. That's fine. It's better 
instead of saying which one, which one is better or whatever, like it's still, be- can you do it? Are you going to spend the three hours today going through 30 teams yeah. and putting together the minutes and usage with 74 people on the injury report? Because I'm not right. So as long as someone that knows more than me is doing it, I don't mind using that. Now, once you get into, well, is one little slightly better than the other? It's not going to be enough that it's like, that's going to be the difference between you making money and not making money. Like it still comes down to game theory. You still have to build the lineups. You still have to apply so many other things other than just simply player projections that your number one question should be, is this better than me heuristically doing it even like just covering up going, Oh yeah, they have a high team total. Let me stack that team. It's like heuristically that's better than the person that not doing anything. Right. But it would still be more precise. We talk about in the course, blunt and precise methodologies. The most blunt methodology is literally looking at nothing and going, yeah, I think the Patriots are going to do well. I'm playing Ramondre Stevenson. And that's it. And that's it. Like there's no other, no other thought process involved. Uh, I like Justin Jefferson this week. For what reason? I don't know. Cause I like, that's the bluntest way. The most precise way is obviously a time machine. Right, that's the most right. Get in your time machine, see what happens, then come back and tell us exactly what happened. Like that would be the most precise. But a little bit less precise would be simulating the games, coming up with projections, ranges of outcomes. So where on the spectrum are you? As long as you're closer to the precise way, you're gonna, you're probably going to be a better DFS player in general. But still, no matter how precise your projections are outside of a time machine, you still have to build plus EV lineups. And that's why like, like uh, Graziano Baccio says, uh, uh, Hey James, I'm a premium subscriber at Roto Grinders. I'm going to let you answer this question, James, because if I answer this question, uh, it's, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to be nice. Yeah. Uh, hey, cause he addressed it to you. So like, yeah, that's, that's it to why me. I'm going to answer it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. No, but no, that's not the reason why. Cause if I answer it, uh, <laughs> I know. It, it, it's not it's not going to come out very well uh it's not it's not going to end well for graziano uh hey james i'm a premium subscriber at roto grinders and i play gpp and also cash my cash lineups if i lock in the lineup with the highest projections i don't cash i've been i okay i and i i play gpp i make the rule stack quarterback with wide receiver tight end unique players to two or three and min salary 49 six and I don't cash either with the lineups lineup HQ spits out. What did I do wrong? So James, what what's the what's the correct settings that that it, for the ATM? Yeah, uh, it it uh, I don't I don't even know if I can answer this nicely. Uh, so right, like, so that's what I'm letting you. I'm letting... So here's the thing. Um. <laughs> It doesn't matter if you have a calculator, if you don't know how to use it. That's the best answer that I can give here. Like being nice. But uh, to me, to me, that's not the, that to me, that's not the issue, James. No, no, no. I mean, there's a lot of other issues. There are a lot of other issues, but I like, think, I think the number one, the number one, the, I think you're, you're getting, you're going too far. The number one issue is not understanding what projections are. Right. So I, I think that when it comes to, playing dfs and playing cash games and playing gpps for for me here's the answer that i'll give 
Right. If you're playing GPPs and all you think that you need to do is just stack a quarterback with a wide receiver and play a lineup that has salary over 49.6K and like you're going to make money, you need to go buy the theory of DFS and listen to it and <laughs> develop a better understanding of... No, but, but, the, the, but the, main, the main problem with that, James, is not understanding what projections sure. are. Sure. So let's say I'm going to do this right now. Here's my aggregate. This is my aggregate, whatever. Right. I, I, I don't even use the ownership. I mean, the, I just I reset the ownership. So people people don't uh, could don't don't uh, re-engineer my ownership. Uh, so like if I go in here like this is yesterday's slate. These projections. OK, the number one thing you need to know about projections is that they're not predictions. These in the FPTS column are 50th percentile outcomes. OK. The range, if you look at the floor and the ceiling, which is in my aggregate doesn't, let me just go to the RG. Is this from yesterday? Okay. Yeah. This will still come in. Okay. The ownership is, is whatever. Okay. So now that I switch back to the RG premium projections. So if we take a look here, I mean, this is like simple. If you, if you theory of DFS.com, if it, we have a whole chapter on this. Travis Etienne, fantasy points, 19.13. What does that mean? That means 50% of the time, he scores over 19 points. 50% of the time, he scores under 19 points. Floor and ceiling. In our RG projections, that's one standard deviation, which is the 16th percentile, right? And the 84th percentile. So if the floor is the 16th percentile, that means that 84% of the time, he scores over 11 points. 16% of the time, he scores under 11 points. The ceiling is the 80... Ooh, I moved that over there. Okay, that's kind of weird. Uh, ceiling is the 84th percentile. So 16% of the time, he scores 29 or more points. 84% of the time, he scores under 29 points. Like, that's that's what all of this means. So if you take a look at multiple players, so we're going to go to, let's go, to, let's go to that, 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 the 6K running back range. I, I, I will also say really quick, we had a really good discussion last week about range of outcomes and players hitting top or bottom percentiles and doing comparisons as well. So if you want to go back and look at that video, we did a really good conversation last week. On that. So we take a look at these, we take a look at these running backs. I don't, I don't get all of them here. I don't know. Oh, because, oh, because these are okay. These are these are these are our updated projections. These aren't the ones. Okay, now now I understand why. Uh, so if you have to, if you have two running backs, one has a fourteen point median, one has a thirteen point median, and their only difference in the range of outcomes is one point skewed this way or that way. If you just use the median, you're going to always play the running back A over running back B because he has one point higher. But what does that mean in percentage? It means that that one point in median means that he outscores the other player like 53% of the time. Like, that's it. 50, like, how, like, Josh Jacobs yesterday. How often, like, people played, uh, uh, or like Raheem Mostert. That's a perfect example. People played Etienne and people played Stevenson. 
And then people barely played Raheem Mostert. Now, Mostert projected for like four points lower median than both of those players. So obviously, Stevenson and Etienne outscore Mostert most of the time. But what does most of the time mean? 68% of the time? That's it, right? Seventy. Let's say 70% of the time. One guy is going to be 40% on, another guy is going to be 5% on. If you just look at the medians, all you're going to be doing is building cash lineups. All you're going to be doing is building high median lineups that are great for 50th percentile outcomes. But it's like, well, how would have I, how would I have known to play uh, Devontae Adams yesterday? His projection was lower than X, Y, and Z. Yeah, his median projection was lower, but that's just a, it's just a range of outcomes. That's the middle number on a range of outcomes. How many? How often does uh, Devontae Adams beat out Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill has a higher projection, higher median projection, but only by two points. What's two points? One catch for ten yards. Mm-hmm. So if you just went into a, a optimizer like Lineup HQ and said. I'm not even going to consider anything other than medians. You're just going to continually build lineups that, I mean, like I could just plug this in right now. Let me, let me go to my aggregate because our projections are off. Okay, there we go. So if I go here and let's say I do that and I say, I'm going to pair, pair it up with a wide receiver, a tight end. James, are you tapping on the table? Sorry. No. <laughs> And I just do that, right? Unique players to two or three. Right? I'm just going to put this in. Unique players. That's even three. And min salary to 49.6. Like, let's say I, I, let me, let me get 10 lineups. Let me see. Let me see. What, 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 what do I get? I'm just putting in 10 just because I don't, I'm not going to build a hundred. Okay. So here you go. The top lineup, based on what the numbers are right in here. Smith, Etienne, Mixon, Lockett, Godwin, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Foster Moreau, Ramondre Stevenson, the Buccaneers defense. So there you go. Like this is, <coughs> this is essentially a cash. I mean, this is very close to what people played in double ups, right? Outside of maybe Geno Smith, because people are playing fields more. Like, then you look at the next lineup. Okay, so Geno Smith, DK Metcalf. Right, these are still like, okay, here's another with Jacobs in here instead. Like, okay, here's the next one. Marcus Mariota, Drake London. With Etienne Mixon and Stevenson. Right, we take a look. You have Stevenson in in 100% of your lineups. You have the Buccaneers defense in 8 out of 10% of your lineups. You have Foster Moreau in 7 out of 10 of your lineups. Like, if you're playing large field GPPs, like these are awful. These I would never play these lineups. They're too they're they're too owned, right? They may have decent min cash equity, but you don't make money off the long run. If you're playing very small field stuff, maybe you can play these types of lineups. But like, why why am I getting 100% word of Andre Stevenson because he's the highest median projection? It doesn't mean he's going to be the highest scoring running back. How come I'm not getting like I take I look through here and I go. Well, what happens if I'm not getting uh I get no Devontae Adams? Like, yeah, I don't get any any Tyreek Hill either. Because the running backs all have higher median projections point per dollar wise than the wide receivers. 
So you'd have to sacrifice median projection in order to get those get those players. But remember, lineup HQ and any opt- optimizer is just a knapsack problem solver. So whatever's in the FPTS column, it's just going to do that. And then based on the constraints that you put in. But the thing is, is that median projections aren't like what's going to happen. That's the 50th percentile outcome. Like if you're aiming for all 50th percentile outcomes, then the median projection matters. Then when when do you care about that 50 percentile outcomes? When you're playing contests that pay out at the 50th percentile. That sounds like double ups and 50-50s and head-to-heads. Anything else? Like, dude, you want 80th percentile outcomes. So 20% of the time, Leonard Fournette beats out Ramondre Stevenson. Well, if the ownership difference is more than five to one, why not take a shot on Fournette instead of Stevenson? Right. Right. But 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 his median is but his median is six points lower. Like, yeah, his median is. But that's only his median. Like that's that's what a that's, that's projection is a range of outcomes. We have Fournette. And in, in this, I mean, I'm just using the numbers. These these aren't the right numbers. But four it's, to it's eighteen. Example. His yeah. range of outcomes is four to eighteen. Stevenson's range of outcomes is six to twenty-three. Would it shock you if Stevenson put up fourteen and Fournette put up sixteen? They're still within those ranges, mm-hmm. right? But one guy is, has a median that's t- t- higher than. Oh, who cares? You're looking for percentile outcomes. So yes, if you want to build based on the median projection fantasy points, go for it. Those are cash lineups. But your goal in DFS is to get the highest amount of fantasy points for the least amount of ownership. Understand that the highest median projection players are also going to be the highest owned players. Right? So your goal in, in, in GPPs is not to go, well, what do I think is going to happen and then play it? It's like, unless it was last week, you, you like last week, if you just, if you basically played your cash lineup in a 2v2, you're going to want a lot of money, but for the for the most for the most part, you want to sacrifice projection for the sake of ownership. I mean, this is base. This is basic DFS stuff that you can get. The theory of daily fantasy sports, right? Especially the first the first course, fifteen hour audio DFS masterclass. Understand the fundamentals of playing DFS. How to think like a professional DFS player. So I would suggest going to theoryofdfs.com. You'll get the similar type of explanation that we went through, but in a much more structured, detailed way. I would suggest, obviously, watching all the past shows and everything like that. But if you want it in one little condensed place, just go to theoryofdfs.com. Uh, let's see. Anything else before we get out of here? Uh, Trevor Lewis, I hope this isn't a dumb question. Uh-oh. <laughs> But for GPPs, is it generally a better, quote-unquote, better practice to focus on correlation and ceiling rather than correlation and mean fantasy points? Does that ever really matter that much? I don't think there's no such... I don't focus on anything. You weigh all of them together. So, um, ceilings are typically subjective of the median anyway. Right. That's what I do. James, what I typically tell people is that uh, most Monte Carlo-based projections, which are based on Monte Carlo sims, are going to be normally distributive. They won't be perfectly normally distributive, but they will be normally distributive enough that the difference 
between building your lineups based on the mean and based on the ceiling, whatever the percentile ceiling is, is not going to be that dramatically different. Yeah, that's the way I run it at Pater. It's 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 Monte Carlo Sims based on medians and like I most of the time the floor is going to be like very correlative of the median, and then the ceiling is going to have some things based on sport that will raise it or lower it. But that for for the most part. It, it's not really that big of a deal if you're focusing on on correlation and projection. Like the ceiling isn't really that thing that matters. Right, and this is more. These are these are based on normally distributed, like right. more normally distributed. If you're basing it on binomial, bimodal type, this is the main reason why I say like mean projections in MMA mean nothing to me. Right. Like I don't care. Like oh, this 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 fighter's mean projection is sixty-seven. It's like this fighter never scores sixty-seven. Right. Right, just like because the 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 curve, if you went by mode, sixty seven would be one of the least outcomes. It just happens to be in the middle of right. two big bumps worth of outcomes. So it's like, why do I care about the sixty seven? Like, there are plenty of fighters in MMA that I never that I like. I'm playing six lineups, and I just they have one of the higher means mean projections, and I x them out. Yeah, I go well. Why'd you do that? It's like because. It, the fight's minus 270 to go to distance. And this guy has not finished anyone since 2015. And he's 9,100. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's a minus 350 favorite. But, like, he doesn't grapple. Yeah. So it's he's like, yeah, good. yeah. He's a very high. Yeah. He scores 85 points a lot. But at 9,100 in MMA, like, for me to win a GPP, that's not enough. That's like. Right. Dude, that's not enough points. If 20% of people want to play for an 85 points, good good luck to you. Let's yeah. see if he gets to his first finish in, in eight years. Right. If it happens, good luck to you. Like he's 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 plus eight fifty inside the distance or something. Like, but the mean projection will look very good. And you'll be like, oh yeah, for ninety one hundred, this guy's mean projection is actually better than the guy at ninety two hundred. And the ninety two hundred's mean projection is whatever one point lower. And I'm like, that guy I'm playing a lot of. It's like, well, yeah, but his mean projection is lower. It's like, yeah, it's lower because he scores like four points a lot where he gets destroyed in the first round. But he also either finishes he, or, he, or he gets you a quick win bonus because he knocks the guy out with his first punch. So it's like, that's the reason why the median is lower. But his 100 plus point scoring potential is like, 10 times better than the guy underneath him, even though his meat median is different. You're, you're not going to get that on Mon in Monte Carlo based, normally distributive types of projections. So like in those situations, building based on the mean and based on the ceiling is not going to be that dramatically different. Is it going to be different? Yes. But is it worth the extra point? Well, this guy has one point extra on the back end of his range of outcomes. Yeah, but his median's high also, so you're going to get plenty of him anyway. I mean, like, it's it's not going to be that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. I think focusing too much, like, more and more, the more and more you learn about DFS, the less and less and less and less and less and less things that you look at, and the, and the less, and the more that you understand that most of what you're doing doesn't matter. Like it, I mean, I'm serious when it comes down to it. What you're doing probably doesn't matter. I, my, I, meant it, I meant it two weeks ago when I said like my process, I literally just click a button now and it's the 
the easiest process that I have, but it's so boring. Right. With me, my NFL, I built my NFL lineups, my 16 GPP lineups. Yeah. 90 minutes before the, yeah. I mean, I waited, I wanted to wait for the Waller news. Right. And then I built my 16 lineups and I just, I had my project. I had, here, here you go. Let me take a look at these stacks. Let me take these look, look, okay, this looks good. This projection versus this ownership. Okay. I'm playing, this is mostly for the power sweep and spies and everything. So I don't have to get like nutso, nutso. And I'm like, what do I not want to do? I don't want to play these three running backs together. Okay, I get it. I really want to kind of avoid maybe playing the Panthers defense, unless I'm playing it with Deonta Foreman. Okay. Other than those basic things, it's like, okay, can I get to this? Can I get to, you know, I even have, I I mean, I even have a sheet. Like I'm doing this by hand almost, where I'm just marking down going, okay, let me, let me get a, I'm, I'm trying to get lined up somewhere in the 138 to 142 projection range that have less ownership than the optimal. And I look, I keep the optimal in front of me, what the ownership is. And I go, okay, how many points below that? Okay. That's, that's a good lineup. I could, I could have choose when I ran like my Rogers lineups, I played one Aaron Rogers lineups. He's awful. What is going on? Uh, I only wanted to play one out of 16. I, I, I ran 20 with different combinations of like, with two, with one, with a run back, with not with a run back, with this, just to take a look. And I chose one. I could have built 500 and chose 100 of them, right? And you say, well, what's the difference? You, What's the difference between these 100 Aaron Rodgers lineups? I would say not much. So how do you choose between the one out of 100? Said, any subjective way that you do it is probably not much different than going to random.org and going one to 100. I could have, I could have easily... Just gone. If once I got down to the hundred lineups, that uh, I could have just go min one max a hundred. Okay, the first lineup or seventy nine lineup seventy nine. That's the Aaron Rodgers lineup that I play. Like that's how simple that that's how simple it could be. The difference between me doing that and like, well, this one is slightly better than that. It probably doesn't matter that much. The only difference is is that based on the 16 lineups that I played, it really came down to like di- uh, uh, diversification, which is not a, a lineup based question. It's more of the fact of how many Ramondre Stevenson lineups do I want out of 16? Mm-hmm. I don't, do I, do I mind having 16 out of 16? No, I don't. But I chose that. Maybe I don't have, maybe I don't have all these Ramondre. So I need someone different. It's like, so I'll have Etienne, I'll have Mixon. It's like I need I still need someone different because I don't want to play the three chalk running backs together. So I just chose Kenny Walker. Cause I also wanted to play the Seahawks defense against like a chalk, a little bit over owned Cardinals passing attack. Mm-hmm. And it's like and, and the Seahawks were 2,500. They projected decently, like a point underneath the Panthers, and the Panthers are going to be chalky. So I'm like, okay, here's my defense. And I have Kenny Walker to correlate with that. There this you is, go. So I don't have to play the Vermont and could I have cho- could I have chose Raheem Mostert there and the Dolphins? De- I could have done that also, and found the lineups that I wanted to play there. So, like most of the time, it comes down to like the only decisions I'm really making are diversification based, which is all based on your own risk tolerance. If you wanted to play 100% Kenny Walker, you could have just played good Kenny Walker lineups, mm-hmm. right? So I just built lineups based on that, and as long as they fit within like 138 to 143. 
based on what I was running compared to the optimal, which was like at 147 to 150 or something, I was fine. And I, you know how many lineups I could have picked? I could have picked the thousands. And then I could have said, uh, give me, give me 16 of them. And no more than three of one quarterback. Just so I have a diverse type of thing. No more than half. Like, that's all you're doing with the min-mass exposure is doing that. Mm-hmm. So it's not a matter of just running based on median, but running a tool based on medians and going, there's no, the, the, that, that this, is the, this is the thing that people don't understand between optimizers and projections. Like, well, the optimizer gave me these lineups. Well, the calcul- my calculator can give me any numbers I want. I mean, like, just put in the numbers. It, it, well, it, it's, this is a bad calculator. It said it said that I owe twenty six thousand dollars in my taxes. Like, why is that the calculator's fault? Like, the calculator is only just putting in. If you, uh, the, uh, the my taxes, I, I got audited by the IRS, and I'm blaming the calculator. Like, well, did you put in the right numbers? It's like, well, isn't that the calculator's job? It's like, no, 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 no. It's your job to put in the right numbers, and then calculate it one way. And then, what happens if I told you the numbers were variable? Right, they were randomly assigned. Well, then it's still not the calculator's fault, but the calculator can't go two times one of these numbers from one to a hundred. Like there's no function on the calculator for it to do that. Right. So you have to put in something. <sighs> so yeah, so there's my there's my I tried to be as nice as possible. That was that was fine. Uh, one more thing before we end things. I, I wanted to speak one more thing about the projection thing for, for Cardi. Um, I wanted to say that um, the point that you brought up of if you trust the projection on one player, you also have to trust the projections on other players. That's a very important thing to bring up um, because yeah, it, we get that all the time, James. I mean, mm-hmm. so it says like, uh, yeah, I think the mixing projection is, is, is way too high. I said, well, do you think the Stevenson projection is high? It's like, no, I think it's too low. Like, well, it's, it's, it's basing on the same, say it's the same process. <laughs> so if you if you look at a projection set and you think yeah most of these things look fine why is this this way for one player then it's it's because it's using the same stuff and the same methodology to project that player and the other players so it, it's it's important to also understand that just that that's just a quirk from a model build, building perspective that is kind of annoying to deal with of like why is this player's projection this shouldn't it be this and it's like do you trust the other projections yes okay well then that that one is what it is. It's fine. Take it with a grain of salt if you want, but it's fine. For NBA projections today, I'm just going to use random.org. Yeah, I'm. How many people are on the injury report? I I I got to see this because I don't. I'm not even sure if I'm going to play NBA DFS tonight. Because you, you see, all the games are 15 minutes apart. Yeah, I you might see that props. I might just no. That props. no. That's what I'm going to do. But look, but look at this. Imagine playing no, an NBA no. slate. Dude, there's 86 people on this injury list. <laughs> well, not not all of them, but we got we got one, two. We got Trey Young, questionable. Collins, Embiid, Lillard, Hero, Ben Simmons is probable. And look, look at the times: seven, seven fifteen, seven thirty, seven forty-five, eight o'clock, eight fifteen, eight thirty, eight forty-five, nine o'clock, nine fifteen, nine thirty, nine forty-five, ten o'clock, ten fifteen, ten thirty. It's literally 15 games, and they're all 15 minutes apart from each other. All the lock times like that. This is probably like the, the most nuts DFS slate in NBA history. It's going to be really bad. 
Because it's like, one thing where it's 15 games and like, oh, five lock at seven. Yeah. Two lock because at seven thirty. Reports for those teams two hours right. before they lock. Right. And you get them all at the same. It's like, oh, okay, there's four games that lock at eight o'clock. And now I don't have to worry about them. It's like, no, you literally have to worry about every game one by one. Margaret is out of town right now. So I might play it just because I'm able to sit here for three hours and rerun projections every 10 minutes. But like, I'm probably just going to hit props, man. And, and just jump on whatever happens during the injury reports. It's going to be really, really brutal. Uh, it's going to be total, total brutal. So uh, James Paydirt underscore DFS, paydirtdfs.com. Yep, yep. You can find me on Twitter, Pater underscore DFS. Uh, I'm going to start tweeting out some more more of the defensive efficiency metrics and uh, some more charts because I feel like I can offer those things. But if you want to find all the free research stuff and my projections models over at PaterDFS.com, go do that. Um, 30 bucks for every single sport. Pretty good deal. Goes back to paying for projections based on the things that you're doing. So certainly think that uh, think that I offer a pretty good deal on that. Then you could always get our stuff. Me and James go through 15 hours. How to think like a professional DFS player. If you want to brush up on your fundamentals, that's the course. And then we also have the advanced course, which includes James's custom Excel tools. Uh, what I would suggest doing the further, based on some of the questions here, I would suggest I would suggest the red book before the before the blue Absolutely. book. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but uh, the blue book, if you've been playing DFS for a long time for a while, and you want a more efficient systematic repeatable time efficient process like that's that six hours the 10 chapters of audio and the tools i mean i don't think I, there's nothing more than i i could explain mm-hmm. like I, I i i've said that i've said this before it's like there's, there's i don't know if there's anything else more for me to like if you if you listen to all 21 hours and get these tools i don't see why there would be any other they're right. Other than clarification purposes or something like, I don't really understand this, which is fine. But as far as like anything new, outside building your own (coughs) models and computer simulations, there's nothing more. You get to write, you get right to the end of that, that line from a blunt, precise scale. Like you're the only way to get more precise than, than these courses and these tools is to literally build your own simulator, yep. build your own algorithm, like, like that. Then, then you're in the more, then you're in that kind of the precise range. But if you can't do that, like you get all the way to the, the end, and you, you, you typically directionally get to the same answers anyway. That's the point. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BlenderHD. As usual, uh, we got NBA Grinders Live. I can't even imagine what that's going to be good. I'm good thing. I'm not on the show tonight. Uh, so it's be the grinders live later today, five o'clock Eastern, then crunch time immediately follows that on the same stream, which is presented by FanDuel free all season. Typically it's a premium show. So, uh, so we're, we're, we're doing that free all season. They'll be handling all the, all the NBA goodness tonight. And, uh, and I'll be back back tomorrow. Right. I lasted the whole show without, without really coughing that much. So I, I should that's be pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Uh, we got showdown tonight, so there's a pre-lock show at uh, 7, 7.30, 7.45 on the channel. Give me those thumbs-ups on your way out the door. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. You'll see me here, like, answering your DFS strategy questions. I try to. See? I try, I try to be nice as much as I can. Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs>